You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. With your host, Sean Joshi. Hey guys, it is the end of summer, which was always my most hated time as a young man with hair. I think the worst time actually was like, you know, a month before school would actually start, like you would start to see the uh, commercials for back to school on television for backpacks and like pencils and all that shit. Like it would fill me with the greatest amount of anxiety. And like panic, it's like that feeling when you wake up uh, and you got to go to work in the morning. And you're just like, fuck it. You know, they can fire me. I'll become a homeless person. I would rather live under a bridge than wake up right now and go to work. But you do it. That was school for me. I hated it. I hated it so fucking much. You know, waking up that early, which according to new scientific research is the wrong thing to do to children. It was the worst fucking thing. Like, I don't know what the Holocaust was like. But this was my own personal showa. You know what I mean? Like we had this thing called the Trail of Tears at my school to give you a sense of how out of whack our, our sense of entitlement is. It was called the Trail of Tears. And the reason we called it that is because we had to walk a mile from the parking lot where we had to park uh, to the school. So we called it the Trail of Tears <laughs> because this was as bad as a Native American pogrom. You know what I mean? But you know when you get older and you realize, holy shit. My teachers are just normal people. Like, I can't believe they put these people in charge of us. You know, like I had friends in college who end up becoming teachers and the shit these motherfuckers did. They should never be allowed to be in front of kids, you know, because they're insane people. Like, remember that those insane teachers you had? That was me they were yelling at. Like, teachers would like me at the beginning of the school year because I was Indian and they thought I was, like, smart <laughs> and, like, on time and shit. But that wasn't the case. I would game that. I would milk that up until the time teachers would realize I was a piece of shit. <laughs> and then they would hit me. I mean, I was still smart. You know what I mean? I would get in trouble in class. This one accounting teacher hated me because I kept reading Ivanhoe during class. This is how much of a rebel I was. I was reading Ivanhoe during accounting class, and she hated me for it. But this other guy, this band teacher, Mr. Zaharico, last day of band class, you know, I got in trouble for something. And he comes up, and he's like, it's always sad, Sean, when I have to end up babysitting students on the last day of school. I was like, dude, this is band class. I'm taking this because it's an easy A. Like, everybody gets an A in this class. I somehow managed to get a B+. Plus. <laughs> I was the only kid to get a B plus in the entire thing. Now I don't care. You know what I mean? Now that I know teachers are people, like I wouldn't give a fuck. You know? Like I never went to school high or drank or did anything like that. Ever. If I went to school again now, I would show up every day shit face. You know what I mean? Just shit face out of my fucking mind. 
dealing with these insane people who want to be in charge of children. Who wants to be in charge of children? You know what I mean? Listen to this guy. Out of my room! This is a teacher. <laughs> you get it now? Molding the minds of America. No wonder we're in the shape we're in. We had one teacher. Um, he wore a ponytail, and he was a chemistry teacher. And if you would have said, that guy looks like he watches porn in front of students, you would have been absolutely fucking right, because <laughs> he did. He got fired. Here's this guy. He gets caught, this teacher. This is why I want to be a white dude. You can get away with anything if you're an old white man. He gets caught watching porn, and then he comes in the, in the class, and he yells at the kid for catching it. Next time you open your big stinking mouth, pal, I will write you up and send you to the office for coming into my room without permission. Is that clear? What I watch as an adult is my choice. You as a child, wait in the hall until you're invited into my room. Is that clear? Yo, motherfucker, before you start pointing your finger in my face, can you use some hand sanitizer or something, you jerking off old man? Like, that's so crazy that this guy thinks that he can do that, like, in school. I want to be that guy. Like, you don't feel shame about anything. You could die a happy man, you know? But speaking of insane, like, college coaches are technically teachers. Did you know in 39 states, the coaches are the highest paid employees in the state? Like, insane, dude. Our teachers can't buy their own school supplies. <laughs> But we can, we can have the best in college coaching. Our priorities are so fucked. Listen to this. Texas, the highest paid state employee, Charlie Strong, $5.16 million. Ohio is Urban Meyer, $5.86 million. Harbaugh in Michigan at seven. And, of course, the king crapper, Nick Saban in Alabama, $7.09 million, three of which I'm sure goes to funding the uh, payroll that is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah. I think both guys. I think both guys can help our team. All right. So why do you continually try to get me to say something that doesn't respect one of them? Because I just want to hear what you have to say, Nick. I just want to hear what you have to say. Like kids are getting suspended for getting tattoos, and they barely have money to feed themselves. This guy's getting paid seven point zero nine million. It's crazy. But I hated this part, man. I hated coming back to school. You know. It wasn't just the, you know, back to school commercials and actually going to school itself. The sports around this time of year are the fucking worst, man. It would just be like Tiger Woods and tennis. And then I had to wait out school to start so I can get some sweet Peyton victories. Yeah, but those are the days upon us. We do have the U.S. Open right now. And Roger Federer is kind of like Tiger for me. You know, like when Tiger's not playing, like why the fuck am I going to watch golf? There's no reason. You know, I'm out. And it's kind of the same thing with Roger. And, you know, when Roger went out, he lost to this guy, John Millman, who's actually a pretty cool Australian guy. So he beats Roger Federer, greatest tennis player ever. And this is what Roger or this is what this guy Millman is worried about. I would say go Le'Veon Bell, dude. I think Gurley can still have on and off years. I don't know about that. I would love it. This guy's worried about his 7 a.m. draft. Who the fuck has a 7 a.m. fantasy football draft? How do you organize that shit? I had a draft yesterday. 
Some fucking yokel took Mitchell Trubisky in the first fucking round. Not only a quarterback, but Mitch Trubisky. This is why Chicago fans are delusional. Almost as bad as Laker fans. Yeah. But Roger, I think, has one or two majors in him. There's like that point with great tennis players where they're just not going to win anymore. And really, that should have come for Roger three or four years ago. You know, and you see Nadal and Djokovic are finally healthy again. I think those guys are kind of ready to reassert their dominance for the next five years. So I think it's going to be a little bit of farewell, Roger. We're going to get one or two one or two more uh, great major runs, which will be, like, fucking epic. You know, but the day, days of Roger's retirement is soon. Like, he's still the best player in the world for the first set or first two sets. But then after that, something happens, and he just falls off a cliff. You know, it doesn't help that the conditions at the U.S. Open have been ridiculous among the worst ever reported. You know? Like, I saw on some conservative websites, they were losing their minds this morning because the New York Times had an article like... uh People can't, people can't beat Roger Federer, but global warming can. <laughs> Something like that. Which is pretty, it's been pretty crazy. He called it the wettest match he's ever played. And he literally blamed it, uh, the loss on his wet shorts. But apparently it's been pretty brutal over there. But he's still the best. He's still the best for the first two majors. Like, if you look at him in Wimbledon, the guy didn't drop a single fucking set through the semis. And then he lost a match. So there's this weird thing. And if you even notice his match against Djokovic, he'll win the first two sets. And then he'll lose in a five-setter. So with Roger, it's just all about stamina and conditioning. You know, but there's only so much you can do when you're, when you're advancing in age like that. My, uh, my favorite retirement was uh, Agassi. Agassi was pretty fucking good. Because he completely fell off the map. The guy was smoking meth. You know, holding onto his wig in the French Open, and his life completely falls apart. So he has to start again from the from the Challenger Tour and shit. And he comes back and he wins the French Open, completes the Grand Slam, just grinds it out like a fucking champ. And I just remember watching his last match. It gives me chills thinking about. It. They give him a five minute standing ovation. Just listen to the shit. Chills, baby. I remember some sports writer, uh, his last match goes, because he fought hard. I mean, it went four sets, but he was in every fucking set. Some sports writer was like, we saw this today. We saw the strength of the human soul and the limits of the human body. I was like, oh, my God. That's so great. You just gave me a word boner, dude. That was amazing. Here's Andre. Generosity. You have given me your shoulders to stand on, to reach for my dreams. Dreams I could have never reached without you. I'm crying like a bitch. Over the last 21 years, I have found you, and I will take you and the memory of you with me for the rest of my life. Who says tennis isn't a man's sport? <laughs> but of course, the all-time great sad retirement moment is none other than Lou Gehrig, who found out he was dying. And he had that great, great intro, or that great intro to his speech. First baseman Lou Gehrig hung up an amazing mark by playing in 2,130 consecutive games. Then a fatal disease attacked baseball's Iron Man. In Yankee Stadium, touched to tears by the tribute, Gehrig made his last public appearance. For the past two, the past weeks, two weeks, you've been reading, you've been about, reading a about a bad break. 
Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Chills, dignity, honor, respect, right? Here's another one of my favorite retirement moments. Brazilian football player Ronaldo made his first public appearance since the scandal broke out involving transvestites. He said, <laughs> Dignity, honor, respect. Something that our guest Fabrizio Capano today can fill us in on. How are you doing, Fabrizio? Hi, all good. Thank you for having me. Fabrizio is a great South American comic. Thank you. Who has moved, uh, made the move up to Los Angeles. What do you know about uh, Ronaldo's transvestite problems? Uh, well, I know that it's. I, I, I know when you do do well, you know, you you need some transvestites to like get to yeah. the you know the right? next level. You know, yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm too good at this sport. I need something like you. It's like I fuel for it. greatness, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Makes sense that at that point. That's how he scored 22 goals in, what was it, South Korea? I, I think, well, he was, no, it was in South Korea. It was was a, it South Korea? Where was it? Japan and Japan. Korea. Japan and Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know that they're doing now that? Like, How can countries? they do that? How can they do I, two it's countries? A it's a mess. It's an absolute it mess. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But the man, let him be great. If he needs a harem of transvestites to Dude, be great. You deserve that. You know, <laughs> you, like, he deserves that, right? He, but he was like, the problem is like he was fat. Oh, he got so big he at the end. He got really fat. He got so well. big at the end. But there's a lot of sports uh, that you can be really good and fat at the same time. Like which well, baseball is one. You can be a pitcher, golf. Yeah, yeah. Zumo uh, fighting, probably. Uh, What's Zuma fighting? Is that no, some... it's sumo? Sumo? Sumo fighting? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be fat. To you have fat. to be fat. Those guys eat like they eat calories, like you know, yeah, like land, like land mammals, like fucking cows and shit, like hippos. I just like the way this guy says transvestite. I want to be as classy as this <laughs> fucking guy. Transvestite. Aldo made his first public appearance since the scandal broke out involving transvestites. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like they, they, they decide like. We need to put this in like the the news, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, we need yeah, to talk yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. on the news. Yeah, 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 yeah. The information people needs to, you know, like the trans, like the transvestites. Yeah, information. yeah. I love that man. He's so official. Transvestites. Yeah. So, what do you know about uh, about transvestites personally? Is that a South American thing or just a Ronaldo thing? I think it's a worldwide thing. Uh, I think everywhere in the world you can <laughs> find uh, transvestites. Uh, and it's kind of weird because with all the transgender uh, like uh, yeah. conversation, I think the transvestic like now they're in this weird position. Like, I feel weird saying that word. Is that a bad word now, transvestite? Trans I don't think so. For me, in, in Spanish, transvestis is like just a word. Like you say, that's, like they call themselves travestis. You know, so well, it's like it's interesting how each culture like treats that kind of stuff. It's like a little yeah. bit different. Like, do you know in India, this is like a part of a ritual, the wedding ceremony. Like, uh, you know how Indian weddings are like a big production. So if you're in India, like the week or a few days before yeah. the wedding happens, the local hermaphrodites, of which there are in every village, <laughs> will come and they do some like dance or something. Really? And you're supposed to give them money. But it's like a regular thing. Wow. I never thought about that. Like, I never heard that before. Yeah. It's a real thing? It's a real thing. And, wow. you know, in Native American um, society and culture, some of them, uh, like hermaphrodites or whatever, um, were actually elevated beyond male or female genders because oh, really? they were considered to be honored because they walk in both ways. That makes sense to me. So I'm thinking, what if Ronaldo was just really into Native American spirituality? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like they simplify his taste. He was well, just like looking for like another culture, embracing different cultures. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah but what sense. happens to these motherfuckers? Like, 
It's not just Ronaldo, like Ronaldinho, Maradona. These guys just go crazy yeah. down there, man. And that's the one continent I want to go to. Like, I want to <laughs> go to South America, dude. I want to see what's in the water down there. You know what's great about, like, Argentina, specifically Argentina and Brazil? People, and especially men, they're really open about uh, talking about hot sex with transvestites. Oh, really? It's, it's not, not It's not like a taboo. It's not like the big judgment. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. people say that on TV or even there's like a running joke in Argentina. It's like, yeah, everyone wants, you know, like sometimes you're really desperate and you go to transvestite. Like, it's yeah, not yeah, a thing yeah, like yeah. it's like, oh, really? Like, you're gay? It's like, no, no, it's <laughs> not, no. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a you're gay thing, huh? No, no one cares, and it's I, I don't I think it's it's because transvestites are like really hot sometimes. Oh yeah, so so you're saying after you go, you see the transvestite, it's not a taboo. You see the boys, and you say, ah, "Fuck yeah, cheers, bro!" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not. It's not a taboo. So, just to tell the audience a little bit about you, you yep. are a comic, and you came up in the country of Chile, correct? Yes. And yes, what yes. was the comedy scene like in Chile? Uh, when I started, there was nothing. There, there was, was just, nothing. There was an old people who used to tell jokes, and there was this one guy, a big name, still around. Called Coco Legrand. Yeah, Coco Legrand. Yeah, his name is—is is he a transvestite or a drag queen? <laughs> yeah. Coco Legrand. Is a transvestite called That's Coco the greatest Legrand. drag queen name I've ever heard in my life. By the way, there's a lot of like uh, drag queens doing stand-up now in South is America. There? Yeah, there's... actually, I think we're gonna have some drag queens up in the studio either next week or the week after. So thank you for bringing that up. Preview, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's—it's it's really interesting because it seems like mature. Uh, for Fabrizio, if you want to see him, he has a, a Netflix special yes. out. What's the name of the Netflix special? Well, uh, I only think about myself you only think about yourself is yeah. that because you're a selfish asshole why do you only think about yourself I, it, it, yeah yeah i think the special was like about my years when i was like more of an asshole yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i tried to like put that material in a show and it's in spanish but it has subs the subs yeah, are not yeah, that yeah. great yeah, but yeah. still you can watch it oh, so, so so you watch it and you say the subtitles aren't actually like yeah yeah so could you write them and be like yo no, it man. should be like this it I, should be like that because that's such a huge i mean probably thing. you can do it but i never thought about that until it was on netflix you know yeah. i was like oh damn it yeah because that's like so important so important the timing is it was is, is off but it seems like kind of like you know i'm kind of more familiar with what's happening and would stand up in terms of India and it's like becoming such a presence and growing there. Um, but so you said starting out in Chile, there wasn't really much of a scene. It was no. just the drag queen Coco Legrand. <laughs> no, it was this guy Coco Legrand. Right. He 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 didn't call himself stand up comedian. He called himself like cafe concert or something like that. Yeah, I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. Cafe concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that I kind of like that. That was the name of stand up for many years. Hey Tommy, you can name your bar show Cafe Concert. You know what I mean? I think it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. And That's a good idea. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then like my generation started like really like calling us stand up comedy and doing shows of stand up comedy. And like what, what time and what period was this? Probably 2003 or 2003 five. and five. Uh, and we, th there was this Argentinian guy who have a tango club, and we started doing stand up in the second floor of this tango club. And that's like one of the first shows of stand up comedy. So I, st I kind of started with my friends, like the first generation of stand up comedy. And now there's a bunch of great comedians, and there's like one big comedy club. And What's the name of the comedy club? It's called Comedy. 
comedy. <laughs> How appropriately titled. That's the name of the I love the names of things in Chile. People Coco Le Grand yeah, comedy. comedy. <laughs> we keep it simple, you know? Yeah. What are the restaurants named? They just say food. They call food and they call water, <laughs> uh, you know? Gas. <laughs> we keep it simple. We don't need more than that. Transvestite you know, brothel. I think that's the future. Like, things should be, like, n- named, you <laughs> They know? should just be the name. The name. Water, like, you know. Like Acme products. They Ab- just say the, the name just on the, the outside. Just the name of the thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah. Now there's a bunch of, like, So then what, what happened? Comedians. So then people would start, would come to the second floor of this tango, and then, yeah. you know, they'd start to put you on TV? We did a TV show for five years. No, seven years. It was called... The comedy club. The comedy club. Uh, and that's like the way stand-up comedy get like really mainstream. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, yeah, then yeah. there's like this big summer festival called Viña del Mar. Yeah. That is like the name of a beach town called Viña del Mar. And it's like a music festival. Right. It's kind of like old-fashioned in a way of like, you know, San Remo from Italy or like this sure. Euro, Euro, what's the name of the Euro- European uh, festival of music and whatever? The Glastonbury? No, no, no. It's not that cool. <laughs> this is like no 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 it's i think like I, I, I know TV. i yeah i know i think i know what you're talking about yeah. yeah so the thing is like they do this festival and they televise this festival and the whole country watch this and uh the crazy thing is like it's kind of like the super bowl because every, oh, the whole country is watching this right and at the same time it's kind of like night at the apollo right people boo you and destroy <laughs> if you're, if you're your career and in front of the whole country mm-hmm. uh yeah the festival is i was there two years ago and right I did, and i did a documentary about the whole thing because it's like a lot of pressure the whole country is like you're gonna die on stage and people's gonna boo you and yeah, destroy yeah. your life you're no coco legrand you're not a how coco dare you <laughs> so yeah it's, it's it's crazy and now it's really mainstream like you there's stand-up comedy on that show right 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 so, and how many like how many superstar comedians are there in chile of which you are one of them right i think yeah i think probably like five yeah yeah, yeah five yeah, like yeah. big big names yeah, yeah, yeah and they're like they're you know, upcoming and yeah. So you're like super famous in Chile, just the same way <laughs> in Full House, Jesse and his band, the Rippers, were super famous in Japan. Exactly the same way. Exactly. I'm super famous. Have in you the had wrong that thought country. before? Did you have Full House no, in man, Chile, I and you were thinking con- one day I could be as big as Jesse and the Rippers? I never connect that information in well, my brain. Well, look at that. That's why you're here today. Thank you man. so much. That's why you're here today. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really famous in the wrong country. <laughs> <we> <laughs> no, but it works. I mean, how many people can show up to LA and just buy a fucking house and shit? You know I, what I mean? I'm. I. I don't. I. I can't. I thought you said you bought a house. <laughs> no, I don't buy a house. I'm renting a really expensive house. Oh, see, I, maybe you were just trying to brag. You yeah. know what I mean? What was it like? We were at the Improv yesterday. Yeah. Um, hanging out and. Uh, uh, well, you, wh- wh- where did you go up? Did you go up at the improv yesterday? Uh, no, I know I was in the I main went up room. In another place. You yeah. went up in the other uh, place. And in like in downtown. You know, in down, where was it? I can't remember the name of the show. Oh, it was called No One. Nobody sober. Nobody sober. Yeah, that was Everyone the name of the show. I really like the improv because like after you're off stage, that bar area perfect. is great, it's man. Great. But I was saying you should see Fabrizio throw down his American Express platinum card. I was like, oh goddamn. <laughs> That's that Chilean comedy money right there. It's right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if you if you convert uh, passes to dollar, it's, it's <laughs> one of the most painful things on earth. You know, it's like so sad. It's like 
all this money is like just nothing. It's yeah, like yeah, bitcoins, yeah. you know, it's yeah, like yeah, nothing. Yeah. Well, isn't it Venezuelan nothing. money? You have to be like a billionaire to buy like a carton of milk. No, isn't like Venezuela right now? Like the you, now you go to we go to Venezuela tonight and we're probably like super rich. Dude, can 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 Americans go to Venezuela? Or is there some kind of like thing there? I don't think. So. I mean, I doesn't. I it's not a good Let's idea. Let's go to Venezuela. Why not? It's super scary. Like, why is it super scary? We'll just dress up like Maduro cosplayers and people will leave us alone. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know what I mean? Maybe we can do that. Like, you know the red suit that uh, Chavez used to wear? Oh, I love these guys. They always wear the military outfits. We need to get Trump a military outfit so he could be like a proper guy. Yeah. He could have like the little Space Force medal. You know what I mean? I I mean, you see Trump like dressed like a. I'm a, the commander of the space force. Work in a bank, it's like doesn't make any sense. You know. <laughs> well, his dress. suits are the worst tailor suits yeah. ever. They're so baggy. Trump is hiding a huge ass and yeah. a huge belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's got like a Kim Kardashian fucking ass. People, someone told me like if you see him live, he's super fat. He's huge on TV. He looks like okay fat or I don't know. If yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's why the suit is baggy like that. But he's a. Fat, like a fat man. He's just kind of disgusting to look at. I think he's a disgusting human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, please stick in conservatives. We're not judging you. <laughs> we watch your list. No, we're, we're judging like, like fashion. We're, we're judging fashion. fashion. This is not about don't don't put fashion and politics in the same basket. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, do you see when he met the Pope? The Pope, like you know, the Pope doesn't like him. First of all, who gets in a feud with a fucking Pope? You oh, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like. Uh, <laughs> the Pope doesn't like him, so they shake hands, and he just looks over at Milani and says, "What are you feeding him? He's a big boy." <laughs> <laughs> wow, I was like, Pope, drop it, fucking look guy. At the Pope, yeah, Argentinian Pope. Argentinian Pope, by the way. What's it like having a South American Pope? That's a big deal. It's one of the last bastions of Catholicism. You know what is crazy America, right? is like, uh, obviously, when they put this guy in charge, they thought like, "Oh, we're gonna go to South America, and we're gonna be like huge audience, and people are gonna love us again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they went to Chile, and it's one of the most conservative countries down right. there. And no one show up. Yeah, it was you can see it was like the Trump inauguration. Like <laughs> the pictures were like this place is empty. You know, you can see the floor from was, the sky. Was the official Pope account like biggest crowd ever for Pope in <laughs> yeah, Chile? The Pope was like, yeah, yeah, the I, most people ever to see a Pope. No one care about this guy. How that's so interesting to me because it seems, you know, you had the sex scandal that just happened, but pre that it seems like he. Was kind of uh, riding cool, yeah, like a cool wave pope. of good populism. You know what I mean? I think you can, as opposed to so much of the bad populism we have these days. Well, but also he hide a lot of information. Like yeah. he helped a lot of like bad guys and really, yeah. I yeah. find that so hard to believe. He seems like such a nice man and well thought. He washes the feet of the poor. Like he does the actual Jesus thing. He goes to mosques and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he's still the pope of the. Christian church, you know, yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. be kind of like a mob, like the Dude, boss I've, of the mob. Have you been to the Vatican? No, I've been to the Vatican. It's like very, very like interesting dude they have some interesting symbology and shit going on there, man. I was some raised interesting Catholic, and I think there's a lot of crazy, interesting things there is about the. Well, first of all, the books and like all that shit, like but yeah. everything else is just like it's just also fucked up standing. Like on top of or near the Paul's coffin. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like this guy is Paul. <laughs> this, this, this motherfucker. This thing is Paul. This guy right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just really fucked up. Cause like this guy literally started like. Yeah, I mean modern Christianity. Like you know, it's it's insane. It's kind of crazy when when you read the Bible and there's like this story of like the uh, like Jesus is on the cross and he's like. Okay, guys. Like this is yeah. the next thing you guys gonna do. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like Mary, you're gonna like be in charge of this and this. And oh, Pedro, you're gonna be the one <laughs> running the whole shit. 
Yeah. You can't imagine the other guys be like, wh- why it wasn't me? You yeah, know? exactly. Like, why Pedro is like the guy who's going to run? It's things. Pedro, man. Why? You know? Well, you know, there's some very interesting Jesus. Th- we have some interesting Jesus theories in India. Some very interesting really? Jesus theories in India. By the way, Jesus is my favorite character ever. You know, <laughs> he's just amazing. <laughs> he's great. Like this, every yeah, story yeah. is amazing and every point of view about him. And even if he wasn't real, he's still like amazing. super cool. Yeah. I mean, you know. I've been very inspired by Captain America lately, you <laughs> yeah. know, and that inspiration isn't any less. But we actually. Um, yeah. If you want to hear you want to hear the Jesus theory. Oh, yeah, real quick. please, please. Yeah. Well, first of all, th- this one isn't in India, but, you know, the Gnostic Gospels, you're speaking of, yeah, of yeah. Pedro. The Gnostic Gospels are super interesting because basically the whole uh, Bible was put together. The Council of Nicaea in like AD 435, 500 years after, you know, Christ yeah, yeah. died. And it was put together as a, a political committee who said these books go in, these books don't go in. But there was a lot of books that didn't make it into oh, the yeah, text. Yeah. And a, one of them is I a collection known as the Gnostic Gospels. And within that, they have like um, the Gospels of Mary Magdalene and they have uh, the Gospel of Judas. Okay. Oh, yeah, the bad one because there's two. But the Gospel of Judas is super fucking interesting because what it says is that Jesus told him to do that. And oh. that's why he threw away the silver at the end because he did not want to do it. And he did it because Jesus was like setting up so the whole you, thing. Like he was playing with their minds of these guys right. from the beginning. Which sets up, which actually sets up the Jesus India theories. In, in India, we call Jesus Ishanath. And he's what like, he means? yeah, that's just like it's saint. And they say that, uh, you know, in the Bible from the age, Jesus, most of the Jesus's years in the Bible are not actually depicted. Meaning it's one to twelve or one to thirteen, and then thirteen oh, yeah, to yeah. thirty. Yeah. It's not there. There's many of like, like yeah, plot holes. In yeah, yeah, plot holes, right? <laughs> like a Michael Bay movie yeah. or something. You know what I mean? This is like Transformer Five. <laughs> like we're, we're happening here. Exactly, exactly. So in India, what they say basically is that in in those years after twelve or thirteen, he studied in the East. You know, studying Buddhism and like Eastern tradition and spirituality from twelve to thirty, and okay. then he came back. I'm bringing all that. And he brought here. And that he actually didn't die on the cross. He used like the soma or whatever to do it, because they're like, what makes more sense that he died on the cross and was resurrected three days later, or is he was alive that whole yeah, time, yeah. right? So what it gets where it gets super interesting is they say he didn't die on the cross, right? And he went back east with his entire family, including Magdalene and Mary, his mom. And they have in the town in Pakistan where supposedly his mom died is named Mary Pakistan. Like to this day, wow, it has that fucking name. And you know, in Kashmir, uh, they say Jesus is actually buried there. They have the tomb. You can go. You can go see the you fucking tomb. You can go tomb. see. The tomb. Yeah, and I, and then you know maybe the Bible people out there like uh, something about the Garden of Eden uh-huh. is in five rivers or something like that. And Kashmir is like literally surrounded by like five. So make more sense that Rivers. he dies there. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that super gnarly? It would make a great movie either I mean, way. Everything about Jesus is like fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the whole story is like Yeah. And he he was good with the poor people and with like the sick guy. You know, he was just You know what I think sometimes when I'm like really snowing, I was like, How good would Jesus be at basketball? You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, would he just come out and, like, ball out on MJ? I, I, I remember once I was, I was I, I went to a Catholic school, and the priest was talking about how cool was Jesus. He was like, Jesus was the best friend. Like, you know, <laughs> Jesus was, like, the best friend. If you need something, Jesus was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was your best friend. And then yeah. he was like, and cooking, 
He was the best cooker. Like he can cook food. He cooked like, the best. He cooked you the come best. to a wedding, you only have a the loaf, guy. forty fishes. You know? <laughs> and, he, and I don't know. He was like Mario Kart. You play Mario Kart. <laughs> he was always he winning. Will he will kick your ass at so fucking Mario Kart. Good Mario Kart. But could he beat Kim Jong Un at golf? Because <laughs> Kim Jong Un has scored an eighteen. At golf, he's gotten a really? hole in one wow. on every hole. Can Jesus top that? I think, can Jesus I get think a seventeen? Jesus is so cool that he'd be like, "Now he can do it's it." Yours. He no, he'll be like, "I'm not gonna do it." It's, yeah, 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 take it. So who's 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 bigger in South America? What's more popular, uh, like uh, religion or sport? I think they're pretty close. Actually, there is the the Church of Maradona. <laughs> what do you mean, the Church of Maradona? There's the Church of Maradona. There's these people who create their own church around. The figure of Diego Armando Maradona, the Argentinian player. Shut the fuck up. Well, yeah, that's yeah. not that weird. I kind of do that with Peyton Manning every day. I wake up, <laughs> I have my little Peyton altar. I see, dear sweet Peyton, please absolve us of our sins Dude, today and I, throw some fucking, you know. I forget about this, but like, I, I there's a video of people getting married in the church of Maradona. <laughs> the people just decided to get married to really? the, the Maradona. Well, well tell story. tell the tell the audience about who Maradona is and like what place he represents yeah. in society and everything because he's not a chilean no no he's from argentina uh he's probably the biggest soccer player in the history of humankind uh so you would think he's bigger than pele uh this is the thing like if you go to like pele and pele and maradona are like kind of like the two biggest names pele from brazil or uh, maradona from argentina and people always debate about like who was better and for sure, Pelé was kind of a little bit better at soccer. Yeah. But Maradona is, like, way more interesting. And his life oh, story he's is, like... Oh, he's super more interesting. Yeah, like, Pelé is, like, a guy from UNICEF. Like, he... he <laughs> who cares, you know? Yeah, who is he? Helping people, being dignified boring. and normal. <laughs> fucking boring. boring. Where are the transvestite... Yeah. Transvestite... El, what is her name? El Coco Grande? Where is the Coco Legrand <laughs> thing here? So, the other side, you have Maradona, who is, like, this crazy... Chavi, uh, insane dude. Chavi and Chubby. Chavi yeah. and Chavez. Yeah. He's been around since the 60s. Like, he, he was playing for the Argentinian um, team for many years. And that was um, the last time they won a World Cup, right? It was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was the infamous hand of God, The hand right? of God when the, he, he did something wrong that is like he— He literally batted the ball down, right, with his hand. hand. But and not into the goal. It was into his foot that he scored. No, no, no. He, or it was literally into yeah. the goal. I mean, no. He like he pretend like with his head, and yeah, he yeah, did yeah. it with his. Oh, head. so he did it on purpose. Yeah, he, he knew exactly he, what the he fuck he was doing in the in the interviews. Oh, really? But this moment is more important than just like that moment because it's like it's, he Belichicked it, as we would say in America. Yeah, yeah. But what happened there is like uh, at that time there was a war between Argentina and the and England. So it's, this is so crazy to me, the Falklands War. That like it's as literally as the eighties, yeah. England was fighting a war in South America, like it's fucking nineteen thirty two or something. That's so crazy. And for an island, who cares? You know, it's like it's yeah. so far from England. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's as Falklands are uh, south of South America, yeah, right? Yeah. It's islands between South America and Antarctica. Uh, they're way closer to Argentina to England. Make right. more. Like, it's, a, it's an act of colonialism having that those yeah, yeah, islands yeah. from England. So the thing is, like, they went to war. And Argentina lose that war, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was no way yeah, yeah, um, yeah. they could win. So uh, the thing is, like... Uh, they didn't send the guachos down there? Yeah. They they seemed, I mean, there's no way they can win. Right. So the thing is, like, Arge then, years later, Maradona played this trick against England and people... Oh, so that was against England. Yeah. So how are you not going to love this guy? Yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. like, you know, make fun of these guys who, like... 
you know, destroy Argentina in a war, and then you you won. I mean, that's the reason why Maradona is more important than just like a soccer player. Because he's he's more he's also a cultural figure. He's a cultural figure. It's a, it's, it, I mean I mean it's a really political figure at the same time. Uh, he's super communist and like. Oh, he, he, he is super the, communist. He's one of, he was one of the best friends of Fidel Castro. Oh, was he really? He was. He when Fidel Castro died, he's like my dad died. Oh like, wow! That's how he so he was like hardcore. That's the thing. Sometimes soccer players get super political. Like they're actual fascist soccer <laughs> players in yeah. Italy who are members of the fascist party, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. And they do like you know what we commonly call the Nazi salute. Uh, well, the alt right has tried to denazify it by calling it the Roman salute or whatever. Really? But these motherfuckers. Italian fascist soccer, they'll score goals and then they'll do the fucking Nazi really? thing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just right there on the pitch. Yeah, soccer is super, like. Yeah, I mean, it's super. Like, I mean, the soccer players have so much power. You know, yeah. people look look up to them, and they they have like, I mean, they have a lot of responsibility with like their what they say. Yeah. Know? So, what was Maradona's view on the Falklands War? That I would like to see. I mean, he 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 was just. I mean, he he hated like the English, like the, uh, the British uh, people. He was like, I mean, he's so funny. Yeah, if he's, you see he's every a video fucking him, character, dude. He's so fucking funny. He's a fucking character. And the other thing, uh, quick point on the Falklands. If you watch Top Gear, which is like the greatest show before they got rid of the boys, uh, they actually got kicked out of Argentina because Why? their license plate on one of the cars said 1982 FLKI. Oh. So like. They claim that they didn't know, but if you watch the footage, it is insane. They had to escape across the border into – I don't know what it is because my geography is fucked. They had to escape across the border because in the night, these, like, fucking caravans are chasing the entire crew. It's wild. I have I have a similar story. I was yeah. in U Ushuaia. You know, Ushuaia is, like, the last um, part of Argentina. It's close to the Falklands, uh, to the Malvinas. That's the name in Argentina. Sure. Uh, and I went there, and it's super snowy, uh, and I was there for, like, a show or something, and I put my boots, and my boots have the flag of England because I bought them in New York, and they were, like, cool boots with right. the flag of England. Right, right, right. So I just, like, going out and— Just they, wearing your boots. Yeah, just wearing Wear, my boots. Feel, feeling really good and, about I your cool new boots. this information, you know? In my brain, it was just, like, cool boots going out, and the guy at the lobby of the hotel, he's like, hey, dude, I, I reckon get out of those boots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get rid of those boots. You, you, the people are gonna get angry. Sure. And I was like, uh, I don't have other. Like, I have normal shoes, and it's like snow. It's like, yeah. Should you should just go with normal? Wow. So he was like, you should probably wear normal shoes. And I went back to my room and I put normal shoes. That's so crazy that they're still angry about that. Yeah, yeah, that happened to me. I mean, four years ago. That they're so well, I'm still angry about the 1995 AFC Championship game between the (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts, in which motherfucking Cordell Stewart was out of bounds and he came back in for that touchdown. All right, let it go. Bullshit. Let let it go. I'll never let it go. Let it go. Just like the Falkland Wars, (laughs) they're of equal importance. Real. Well, the thing is, Maradona is. Super funny. All the views. Well, are, doesn't he just get fucked up all the time? We did a segment on the World Cup, and this dude yeah, was just getting shit faced with like his Russian prostitutes in the box, like watching the games and he's stuff. He's really well. I'm surprised he's still alive. Like, how many cocaine scandals is this guy? He's. Have? I think he's the kind of person who cocaine doesn't work with him. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you didn't get like anything from. Yeah. Coke. Weren't you telling me like uh, he has that show? He had that TV show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he, I think it was like 2001 or something. Yeah. Uh, in Argentina, they decided to give him a TV show. 
and he was a host of this TV show called uh, The Night of Ten because his, he was his number shirt 10. was number 10. Sure. So uh, the show was about Maradona interviewing the biggest stars on the planet. Ten episodes, prime time. So who were some of the guests he had? The whole country watching. Well, Pelé was there. That was, did, did they discuss it all, like who's better yes. and stuff? And I, I, could so see, I could see Pele being like completely gracious maybe, you know, and Maradona not being, you know. Yeah, of I course. don't really know Pele's, Pele's character. Pele's like the nicest guy ever. He so was like, yeah, you are the best. Like you, you of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. You, you are better than me. And Maradona was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maradona's like Trump, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's like Trump. They're both like squatty. They got the weird the, hair, and they are and super stuff. ignorant. Like it's, it's, it's <laughs> and uh, well, uh, the thing is, like Maradona uh, was doing this show, and every episode, big stars. I think Mick Jagger was there. Oh like, wow! You know, it was big, big stars. I would like to party with Maradona and Mick Jagger. That would be insane. Insane. Yeah. Do you know Mick Jagger once got head in this very club? What the hell? From a famous actress who was married at the time. Wow. Who I don't think I can reveal, but no, it rhymes with so. Bluma Merman. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> yeah, man, we're breaking news on the Fanatics it's, podcast it's so today. Cool. I don't like, think every time I go to a, a comedy club, they tell me like amazing stories when I, in, in, during the past. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, like, never now. You know what happened? Used to happen here, and now it's like, yeah, now it's a club. Yeah, well, I don't now know. Now it's a business. Yeah, in the past, we're in like the Rodney Dangerfield. He used to hang up out here. Right now, yeah. where we are up here, and now look at this shitty place. Lee's an office. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> Let's get the ghost of Rodney back. So then, so he had like Mick Jagger on the big stars ever. Uh, episode ten is like, okay, who else? Like we we already had the biggest stars in the planet, right? And Maradona interviewed himself. <laughs> He just interviewed. <laughs> That's amazing. So is is next like, week on the Fanatics podcast? Sean Joshi interviews Sean Joshi. Finally, <laughs> finally. But it's it's funny because it's like two kind of Maradonas. One is like the the host that is like Maradona with a suit, <laughs> and the other is like trashy regular Maradona, Maradona yeah. like fucked up Maradona. That's actually very odd. It's like adaptation or something. It's like it's Charlie Kaufman yeah, screenplay. Yeah, it's like Charlie Kaufman screenplay. <laughs> yeah, and, and the the thing is like he he. Obviously, like the whole thing was like pre-tape and yeah, yeah, yeah. look, this looks really good. I, I think we actually you sent us a clip from yeah, it. I can yeah. I can play it. Do you want to tell us what's going on before yeah, yeah. or after? Uh, what would be after. better yeah. after? Okay, let's just play it straight through, or you want me to pause it? Uh, let's let's go uh, pause it because okay. no one's gonna understand what happened. <laughs> so pause it. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, just you mark. It. Tell me when play. you want to pause. Okay. Vos sabés cuando nos drogamos por última vez. Contalo. Okay, that's. That's classy Maradona. Like, That's well, classy Maradona. Okay. <laughs> saying, uh, I love this. We have their in-house translator. Yeah. What's he say? No, he's like, uh, you remember the last time we did drugs, you know? <laughs> so Maradona is saying to Maradona, so uh, you remember the last time we did drugs? Uh, well, 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 he's like, can you tell them? Like, yeah, and you're right. This one Maradona is like wearing a suit and like looks super nice. The other Maradona looks like he's hungover and wearing an affliction T-shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, he just wake up and went there. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so then he asked him, uh, what's, how was the last time you did drugs or something? He's like, <laughs> it's so funny. Well, he's like, uh, like, don't, no, like, don't bullshit on me. You know, you were there. You know, you were <laughs> he's there like, with me. You were there, motherfucker. You Why are you trying there? to yeah, act like, like you were there? You were there. Ah, dale. De verdad, te digo. Hace, hace un año y medio que no nos drogamos. 
<laughs> okay, so the other guy is like uh, <laughs> the, the good Maradona. Yeah, uh, the good Maradona. He's like, come on, tell tell to the people, tell tell to everyone. Be like, honest. Come on, be yeah. honest. And bad Maradona is like uh, a year and a half. We didn't do drugs. <laughs> And clapping. <laughs> I heard the polite, yeah. the polite clapping in the back. I was wondering I was what like, that was about. Whoa. Well, very nice. A like a man is not sitting here interviewing himself and shit. <laughs> yes. Okay. So funny. Should I keep playing it? I think there's a little bit. No, I think this is clapping. Yeah, 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 dude, that's amazing, man. Well, you have to. Well, I don't know if, if anyone in the world translated this, but it's so fucking funny. I yeah, mean, yeah. That, the whole interview is insane. We should get some uh, good subtitles on yeah, this, unlike yeah. uh, the Netflix. Yeah, you know we don't I mean? need the Netflix people to do this. <laughs> we don't need the Netflix people to do it. But yeah, so like, it's really interesting um, in terms of you know I spent time in Haiti, right? And uh, and what I realized when I was there is they were huge fans of two teams. One was the Brazilian national team and one was the Argentinian team. They were bigger than the Haitian national team. Really? Yeah. I remember being in in Port-au-Prince and um, and it was during the World Cup, which was amazing being there for the World Cup. It was this uh, World Cup? No, this was um, two World Cups ago. Oh, so that's probably France? No, that's 98. No, so what year was it this year? We had the World Cup this year? Yeah, And this was 2018. South Africa. South South Africa, Africa, Yeah, with the Vuvuzela. The Vuvuzelas, yeah, it was South Africa. It was that. And it was amazing because we were downtown, and there was this huge fan brigade of the Brazilians. I would say 80% of Haitians are Brazilian fans. And then there was a smaller contingent of Argentinian fans. So like in Chile, I know you guys have had competitive teams. Yeah. But is it like, is it like, you know, there in Haiti where people still support, you know, because they're such fans of Maradona, you're saying, do they support the Argentinian national teams or the Brazilian national teams at all? Or is it like blood rivalry or what's the scene? No, Chile hate Argentina. Yeah. Like there's an ongoing like bad relationship and, uh, we don't. I mean, we have a good team. We so the people. Of, I think the problem with like those countries, like they don't have a good team or a competitive. That's team. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but Chile have a really good team. We actually we we won like this South American uh, uh cup twice in a row. Uh, like I think last year and the two years ago. And what? But it's are the are the studs on in that cup? Are the studs on the Brazilian and the Argentinian yeah, team playing? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Are playing? It was it was insane because it was like it's one of the hardest cups to win in the world. Probably. I would say the hardest cup. You know, the Euros are great. I fucking yeah, love yeah. the Euros. But it's just like it's like the Euros are basically the World Cup without Brazil and Argentina. Yeah, exactly. You know, but this is more fun. I think like the I I, I think South America we like the experience with with soccer is more about like what's going on in the streets and like the. You know, I think there's another vibe. And yeah. The TV shows are just like the level of debate. It's insane. Insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And depression of like on the soccer players and they're like, it's insane. What like, are some like the craziest shit that you remember just growing up that you're like, this is absurd? You know? Oh, well, I remember like when uh, Chile went for the first time. Chile, this, this happened with Chile. Like we did something wrong in, uh, in I, I think it was like in a classif- the classification to one uh, World Cup. One guy caught himself and pretend that it was some like a guy throw him something in his hand. Yeah, like the, to get to get the other the team disqualified. The goalkeeper pretend that like he hide like a razor blade and he caught himself, <laughs> and we were disqualified for That's like. That's hilarious. I don't know, three but what was cups. he trying to achieve with that? 
we were losing the game and he tried to cancel the game. He was trying to get the DQ. So he, he just like, oh, no, I get that's you know? amazing Because that's exactly what wrestlers do. Yeah. It's how Stone Cold Steve Austin became famous. The very famous WrestleMania and match like, no, no, with Bret the Hitman Hart. <laughs> Hitman gets him in the sharpshooter and he has the uh, razor. Oh. And he just starts like cutting his face up and like all oh, that shit. Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't yeah, even remember yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is like after that, we couldn't get into a, a World Cup for like at least three. Because <laughs> of this fucking yokel. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 95, no, 98, it was like, we're back. And yeah. the country just went crazy because it was like, we, we classify and uh, we were in like France. And I remember like a whole TV station, every show from France. Yeah. They move an entire, like the whole, sh every show, like the morning show, the, everyone from France. Like everything, everything was in France. It was so stupid. And people... You know, they sell their houses to go to France. Like, people just go crazy because of this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I remember, like, watching the whole thing. And we lost, like, <laughs> right away. Of course, bro. Uh, and it makes sense. You know, we've been out of the game for, like, 10 years. Then you go back you and go you... go back and you lose. Yeah. But still, like, the energy... Like, people get so excited about soccer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And not just, like... Not just the fans, like you're saying soccer, like, you know, Maradona is this political figure. Yeah. But, you know, soccer, uh, sport, athletics was also an intrinsic part of, like, crime yeah. and organized crime there. I remember, you know, uh, reading about stories where Pablo Escobar and another drug kingpin would literally, like, you know how we would play, like, like Madden franchise Oh, or something yeah. like 2K franchise. Yeah. These guys would do that with South American footballers oh, yeah. at their fucking mountain villa retreats. They cleared a professional pitch, you know, beautiful field overlooking the fucking Andes or whatever it is. And Escobar bet the other, you know, drug kingpin that, oh, I can put together a, a better, better team. team than you. And yeah. they had a Madden franchise with the real fucking guys. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's crazy. That's all true. Uh, well, they actually, actually, the funny thing is, like, they did that with comedians, too. A what? They they bring El Coco Grande? No, no, Coco couldn't make it. <laughs> but I know about Colombian comedians. Like they they were like, okay, I have to do this show for. Escobar. Oh my god, that's so fun! Yeah. Talk about the pressure, man. Dude, and I, you can if you bomb, you might literally get bombed. There's a you really funny I mean? story, and this is like out of sports, but it's so funny. I'm gonna tell you anyway. Yeah. There was a guy called uh, I think Tijeritas that like a Colombian joke teller. Right. And he was like the favorite comedian of Pablo Escobar. Right. So Pablo Escobar was in a party and he was like, oh, like this joke. Ah, I can't remember the joke. Send a chopper to bring me this guy. So he just sent a what? chopper at 3 a.m. in the morning. They wake up this man. Yeah. And they put it like in a suit. And he was like performing for Pablo Escobar and his friends <laughs> at 4 a.m. in the jungle. So that's the job of this guy. And it's like, yeah, he get a lot of money. But at the same time, you can't escape from that. You know, like, it's, yeah, now it's your life. Of course. And obviously, Pablo Escobar, after a while, he was like, I don't I don't I don't want to, like, see more jokes of this. The same yeah, comedian all the time. So, no, no. The thing is, like, w they stopped calling him. Like, they stopped, like. They stopped booking him? Yeah, they stopped booking him. <laughs> but they, they, is that a bitch? Every booking you lose hurts. <laughs> it doesn't even, matter if it's a, even if it's a Pablo one. It still hurts. The, the thing is, like, the the, the guys, like, the, um, the guards of Pablo Escobar, they still send the chopper, wake up this comedian, and throw in the middle of the jungle just to make fun of him. That's hilarious, So man. he was like, 3 a.m. in the morning, hey, Pablo won, like, I need... He wanted to, like, roast him. Imagine if Pablo's like, do me the... Do Rickles to me or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I'd be like, ah, oh, you are very <laughs> That's a tough good gig. looking and handsome and your <laughs> penis is huge. Thank you all night. What? You know? the, the roast of Pablo Escobar <laughs> for Comedy Central. <laughs> <laughs> the roast of Pablo Escobar <laughs> for comedy. So that'd actually be pretty fucking hilarious. hilarious. You know how people do these like historical roasts, yeah, but it'll be yeah. like, you know, that's much Harry funnier. Potter it roast. should be like, yeah, it should be like Pablo Escobar and like Hitler. Yeah. Like, you should roast Hitler. That would be funny. That'd be great. We should do that. You get Charlie Chaplin to roast Hitler. You know what <laughs> I mean? Hitler stole the guy's act. Tommy, where are we on time right now? 54 minutes. This is Tommy's fucking. This is Tommy, the He's producer. Great. Tommy. He's a great guy. He's great. You think Tommy's great? <laughs> I think Tommy's great. No, Tommy is great, man. Thanks, everybody. I'm Tommy proud. Of, I'm great. proud of him. I have to. I have to build up Tommy's self-esteem sometimes because sometimes I'm a little hard on him, right, Tommy? You do sometimes. Uh, you know. Just but because I love he looks like <laughs> happier than you. That's the reason why you hate <laughs> I him. I hate him because <laughs> he he's looks, younger. Yeah. He's better looking. I, he's happy. Like, and this motherfucker has. He's happy and he has his hair. Fuck you, Tommy. <laughs> I hate you so much. But, but he's gonna, he gonna lose his hair. He's gonna. You yeah, think so? Yeah. Does he look like one who's gonna lose his hair? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but God be, damn. No, no, for natural reasons. For cancer. That's the worst. Thing. <laughs> That's the worst part about what's gonna happen to him. You're right. I can totally see it. I can totally see. It. I love. Uh, you know Kevin Garnett. I uh, know Kevin Garnett is an American basketball player. He's like crazy. He's one of the biggest shit talkers. There's one of these guys. His name is Charlie Villanueva. Okay. He has alopecia. <laughs> so the entire game up and down the court, he kept calling him a cancer patient. You oh, fucking bum cancer fuck. patient. And and Villanueva ratted him out. It's kind of a thing. But uh, we're going to do some news, some sports news. Oh, you want to cool. stick around? Oh, for sure. I don't know anything about this. But and do I'll some news. Here. Well, it's OK. You can you can. You can figure it out. You're smart. I'm just going to approve everything that you said. <laughs> okay, sounds like, good. Wow. Tommy, you got the headlines for this week? What are uh, the headlines? I got the headlines for you. Headline number one. Shea Otani continued his remarkable rookie season by hitting si his 16th home run of the season against the Angels. Yeah, okay. This guy should be the biggest fucking story in sports. American sports, any sports. Like, like you know, you're familiar with baseball. Yeah, Do yeah. they play baseball in Chile? No, not really. I know in some Latino countries it's in a Venezuela. big deal. In Venezuela, Venezuela and, Cuba. and Cuba. So like you know though, like players don't, um, they don't pitch and they don't bat. Okay. Right. This guy does both of them, at an all-star fucking level. He just hit his 16th home run. Like he says, he has a 4-2 win-loss record with a 3-3 ERA in his rookie fucking year. Okay. Show this is from Deadspin. Shohei friggin' Otani, who can. Paint corners at 100 miles an hour, uh, throw an untouchable splitter, and mash taters to the opposite field like it's nothing. Safe Money says if he's given right opportunities, he'll figure it out. This will be the biggest story in sports going forward, and a, and a lot of hope for baseball, just in terms of attracting a younger audience and an international audience as well. You know they lost their Olympic standing. Baseball is no longer an Olympic sport. But if you get a chance— you get, that could happen? They can be like, oh, this sport, no no, no more. Oh, yeah. Baseball's really? no longer an Olympic sport. And they added some, like, uh, crazy bullshit. Like you know what I mean? Chess. Like, I don't even fucking <laughs> Yeah, like, literally. Yeah. Like, chess and shit. And the thing, <laughs> it kind of sucks because baseball is an international sport. I, it is, obviously. Like, it doesn't is. make any sense. That you, I mean, I, yeah, I mean. It's so weird that you can be like, no, you, that's not a sport anymore. Yeah, what? yeah. And it's not just, like, uh, it's not just America and Latin America. Like, Asia. Baseball's yeah. fucking huge. I lived in the Czech Republic. Baseball's really big randomly in and the Czech Republic. And if you see the things they have in the Olympics, like sometimes they have like it's really crazy. like 
who plays that shit? It's fucking crazy. No? <laughs> like, there's no one playing that shit. There's no video game of that sport. I know. If your sport doesn't exactly. have it in video games, that's not a sport. That's you know? a good rule of yeah. thumb. If your sport doesn't have a video game, it's not it's a not fucking a sport. sport. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Esports is actually really interesting. Yeah. That's the end of the world. Like when more, they more people cross to the Olympics, do. it's like we're done. It will. It's only yeah. a matter of time. More people watch the League of Legends final than the yeah. Super Bowl. Three times as many people. I don't even know what the fuck Le League know. of Legends is. Yeah, there's a lot of people now that are famous and successful, and we don't know why. <laughs> we <laughs> have know? no idea why. Sometimes I get, I check my Instagram, and there's like these guys who have like tons of followers, and you're like, yeah, I don't know why. It's, a Car it's the Kardashian syndrome. Yeah, and dude. he's like the well, at least biggest League of Legends player, and I yeah. don't, I'm never going to know about that. Well, God so bless him. At least they're fucking doing something. But I haven't played video games since I watched baseball. And that was like, I've been put, I think that sentence made sense. Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> that was the that last. That was the last time, dude. I remember being in Regal Cinemas in Carmel, Indiana, and they had a preview. I'd never seen a preview for a video game, like on the trailer before the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball, wow. man. So, yeah, I actually, you know, for me to get excited, I love the mythology and history yeah, of yeah. baseball more so than any other sport and boxing as well. But it's just like the history of it is so you know, within the American fabric. Yes. But like, it's just, you know, like, come on, I didn't grow up with it. It's fucking bores the hell out of me. Like sports center during this time, like yeah, I was yeah. saying at the beginning, the yeah, most yeah, boring yeah. time sports center growing up at this time was the worst. Cause it was just, <laughs> you watch fucking baseball for an hour. How many times can I watch the fucking Baltimore Orioles or whatever? But yeah, watch a, he friggin' Otani next, next headline, Tommy. Number two, instead of backing down, Nike appears to be doubling down on its decision to make Colin Kaepernick the face of the Just Do It campaign as he lends his voice to a TV ad that will play during the NFL's regular season kickoff game. Though some criticize the decision to make Kaepernick part of Nike's 30th anniversary celebration of its iconic slogan, Nike will be giving the controversial quarterback primetime exposure when it features him and his voice in a commercial during the Atlanta Falcons face-off with the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday. Wow. Give it up for Tommy, the newsman. Walter he's fucking a, Cronkite over guy, here. This guy's a pro. Walter fucking Cronkite yeah. over here. That's crazy. So did you see, uh, you're familiar with the Kaepernick situation. I know everything that's going on with that. And I have to say, and this is, I, I don't want to brag, but I'm also sponsored by Nike. <laughs> this is true. Are you I, really? All my stuff is Nike because they send me Nike shit. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. So sick. are you going uh, to burn? So you're like Heaven's Gate. You're Heaven's Gate cult. You wear Nike all the time. I'm, I'm a Nike guy because they send me free <laughs> stuff. And I don't know why. I don't do sports. I'm lazy as fuck. And right, right, right. they keep sending me like the cool shit. Yo, Nike, you can send that stuff to me if you want. Fabrizio clearly doesn't want I, it. I love the stuff, but, you know, you can send it. I have enough. I don't need more. But that's pretty fucking ballsy on Nike's part. Like, did you see, like, uh, people, like, burning their oh, clothes yeah, and stuff? Yeah, it's so stupid. I, uh, I think we should somehow get Walmart to support Colin Kaepernick because then these people wouldn't be able to wear anything. They'd literally be, like, naked. <laughs> burning like, everything. Like, on the streets, you know? They're, like, elastic band underwear. They could do anything. And, and sometimes I feel like, and this is, like, I remember when people used to think, the, I used to have a TV show, and people used to think, like, if yeah. you say, like, I'm not watching your show, they can damage me like you know right so when you're burning your the shoes <laughs> you know nike don't like they already paid for those shoes. you already paid you for know? the shoes <laughs> you know they are ready like yeah get the profit from you right like it's like uh, you're d damaging yourself like yeah. you're not you're not damaging anyone else like you're protesting money 
Just like take out a ten dollar bill, just burn that. Yeah, burn that, and it's exactly the same thing that you're doing. Yeah, but you know this is expected to have a devastating effect on Nike following past conservative boycotts, uh, which have ended the following companies. You probably don't even remember them: Starbucks, Nordstrom, Netflix, <laughs> and Pepsi. So I think Nike should be very yeah, fucking very worried, concerned. bro. Yeah. yeah. This is the this is the end for the <laughs> this is the end. Uh, by, by the way, like something that happened to me is like I was like, oh great, great job, Nike. And I was like, oh, but they have like kids doing the shoes. <laughs> uh, okay, great job. Like stop doing Good that. Good job with that. <laughs> I mean, great. Like that was great. That was good. Uh, this the kids doing shoes not that great. You know, you can stop that. Uh, I mean, I don't know how to feel Nike. about it. Sweatshops. Just do it. Just do it. Next story, Tommy. All right. The NFL season kicks off this Sunday, including the Patriots, Steelers, and Eagles at the Rams. Holy shit. Do you get into the American football at all? Uh, I don't understand how it works. We'll go out Just on a Sunday. Me. We'll go watch it. It's like – it's. Yeah, you. The, the thing about American football, when you watch it, it makes no fucking sense. No, it it's not sense. congruent. You know what I mean? Like sports – like soccer, basketball is congruent. You know, they're, the they're, they like have this, symmetry. Uh, you, you, it's easy for like the user to understand. What's the name of this word? Like, uh, it's easier for the user to, to understand. To user like friendly. In, user friendly. In, no, it's instinctive in some Innate. way. Innate. Yeah, like you can you can just watch it and uh, you can start understanding yeah, yeah. how it intuitive. works. Intuitive. Intuitive. That's so. I this think, is why we have you around, Tommy. Thank you so much. Uh, I think football is not intuitive. Like, there's no way to figure out just it's watching not, it. It's you not. Know? And it's 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 kind of actually boring in person. You know, it's much better packaged as a TV sport. It's made to be packaged as a TV uh, sport. Really? I'll, we'll go. It's like actually a pretty good networking thing out here because everybody watches football in LA <laughs> yeah. and they all, like, root for different teams because uh, um, LA's a shitty sports town that doesn't have any fucking loyalty. I need that conversation. I need to do, like, to my convert, like, shit chats. You know? Yeah. Like, like, a small chat and it's like, oh, yeah, you won. Dude, I do you know. know how mu- do you know how much sports gets me through conversations sure. I do not want to be in? Yeah, yeah. I have nothing to relate with you on a human level, but luckily we I have this to talk about. I see that all the time. About. People were screaming to the other side of a right, place, like, Mom? yeah, they won. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. But we'll explain. Like, football's not congruent, but once you know what's going on, it is the it's a game that has the most uh, strategy and tactics. Okay. You know what I mean? Because I've uh, this English person said this once, and I've always thought it to be the most apt description. It's like a chessboard that resets itself after every play. Oh. So if you know what's going on, it's like really fucking super interesting. Oh. Like I was in Columbus watching the Braxton Miller Buckeyes play the Illini with my good friend Rahul Verma, and uh, we're sitting there. And I'm like, Rahul, what the fuck is Jim Trestle doing? He's only keeping one safety back. They're getting beat deep both times. And I could call right when the thing would be. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it's like this beautiful kind of like this is beautiful strategy to it. But, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for kickoff on Sunday. We've been doing previews for the last couple of weeks. Things I've already gotten right. Okay. The Aaron Rodgers contract. I told you that was happening before it happened. And that John Gruden is fucking crazy. I told you that, too. This guy has no idea what he's doing. He trades Khalil Mack, who's like 25, 26, the best linebacker in the game between him and Von Miller. A lot of people think he's better than Von Miller now. For two draft picks? Because they don't want to pay him? Like, the whole reason of getting draft picks is to get a guy like Khalil Mack so you can pay him through his prime years. Like, he's absolutely out of his fucking mind. That and... uh 
oh, they cut Martavis Bryant. No big deal. They just traded a third-round pick for him. Like, you know what you can get for a third-round pick? Like That's like you could get the Louisiana purchase or Seward's purchase for a third-round pick. That's how much that shit is valued these days. So I don't know. These people don't know what they're doing. And also the Buffalo Bills. No idea what they're doing. Nathan Peterman was named the starting quarterback of the Bills. Nathan fucking Peterman. I don't know what Nathan Peterman, what pictures he has on the Bills brain trust, but I'm sure it's the exact same thing that the Russians have on Trump or some shit. I have no idea how this guy has a job. All right, what's the next next story? Next up, speaking of football, the college season is underway. After one week, this season's college college football top five is Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Yeah, we're going to do something on college football maybe in a couple weeks. We'll keep you updated on the standings and stuff. You know, and I'll, I'll get into my thoughts. You know, Ohio State's crazy scored 77 points. That's insane. I'll get into my thoughts about college football, of which I have many, but I won't do that right now. Because right now, I just want to talk about Mike Leach. I fucking love Mike Leach. He's the he's the the current coach of Washington State. But this guy just does like these crazy formations that don't even make any sense. Like if you look up this formation from last week, he had the offensive linemen stand up like receivers, okay? And then he had the receiver flanked to the right who directly snapped the ball to the running back 15 yards to his left. It's the most crazy fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. But that's because Mike Leach is fucking crazy. For one, he has an obsession with pirates. Oh, that's great enough. Like, that's already, like, amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. His entire office is outfitted with pirates, and he knows, like, all this pirate history. Yeah, pirate trivia. Like, like he... pirate trivia. And he'll, like, just openly, like, he'll be in a press conference, and he'll just openly start, like, expounding on who would win in a fight. Pirates or Vikings? <laughs> you know, be like, well, it depends on where they're fighting and in which climate and all this shit. That's cool. He's amazing. I, you know, I think I'm just going to... I love this man so much. When we do our college football updates, we're just going to play you some Mike <laughs> Leach clips. Like, he does this one thing where he does the local weather, which is the best. But this is him uh, giving dating advice. Mike Leach, when he was head coach of Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, giving um, dating advice. In Lubbock, Texas, he says, I'm a freshman at Texas Tech, and I'm new to Lubbock. I've got a first date with a girl, and I was wondering if you might have some recommendations. Well, uh... You want someplace casual to begin with because uh, you don't want something real formal in the beginning. So someplace casual, I recommend uh, Kegel's Steakhouse, which is very casual. The other thing that's great about it is... Uh, First of all, Kegel Steakhouse, isn't that vaginal exercise because people <laughs> yeah. keep that shit tighter? Like, really? Kegel, Kegel Steakhouse. <laughs> Fabrizio, yeah. It's I like a it was... pre-birth exercise women do to tighten their vagina or a post-birth, rather, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy, why do you know so much about this, man? I thought it was a restaurant or something. Yeah. But it looks like... Not. Is that there's very little salad there at Kegel, so then the, the, the girl will be forced to eat in front of you, which is something that women hate. But if you can make them do it, the earlier the better, the more that they'll, uh, you know, uh, conversate and let their, you know, let their, uh, uh, show their true self. And then um, I'm a big movie guy. If you want to do it... Uh, more like I did when I was your age, you could go to the Stars and Stripes Drive-In Theater because that's what they had in Cody, Wyoming. But uh, otherwise, uh, uh, you know, the, the movie theater's pretty good, but then you want to end it somewhere like uh, uh, some cool coffee shop type of place where there's bizarre looking characters going in and out so that if the conversation isn't going well, you can, uh, uh, you know, you can reference some of the uh, 
different characters you see coming and going from the place. And then I, if, it, if it's a huge night and you're really having a, uh, a good time, then, uh, uh, you know, you can uh, trade uh, computer uh, schemes and, uh, and uh, emails and all that uh, mischief that people are up to on that uh, nowadays, which I know nothing about. I love that I know nothing about. <laughs> that was almost as good delivery as the transvestite guy. You know what I mean? But yeah, I th I'm pretty sure that guy has fucking Asperger's or something. <laughs> like, yeah. You I mean, I the mean? way he talk about, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tommy, next story. I love you, Mike Leach. Trade computer schemes. Yeah, trade computer <laughs> schemes. <laughs> All right. Number five. The Minnesota Timberwolves have interest in bringing in Luol Deng and Joachim Noah once their respective teams release them in what is another move by Tim Tobido. Oh, my God. Tim. Fuck. I literally told you what the fuck the name was before we went on the show. Tobido. Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> you went from Walter Cronkite to Sean Hannity. Just like that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Tom Thibodeau. Another move by Tom Thibodeau to reunite his old Bulls team. Yeah, this is so fucking crazy. He's bringing back this entire team from 2007, and they're all old, and none of them can play now, and nobody wants them. They'll all be out of the league, and this guy's, like, bringing them back. Uh, 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 reportedly, he also has interest in bringing back Orlando Woolridge, uh, Luke Longley, Horace Grant, Will Purdue, and Bill Cartwright. It should be a fantastic so starting like, lineup from like 1995. Roseanne. You know I mean? It's like, uh, it's like <laughs> Roseanne. Yeah, yeah. It's basically Tom Thibodeau He's is like the Roseanne <laughs> reboot. See, you could contribute from easy. Thank but you. But it's so crazy. Like Bill Cartwright, Will Purdue were uh, – it's one of my favorite Jordan stories. Is, uh, is Sports Illustrated writer is there, and Michael Jordan is at half court, and he's looking at Will Purdue, uh, uh, Bill Cartwright, and another center. And he just looks over at the at the sports center guy and he's like, You see what I have to play with? Twenty one feet of shit. <laughs> they're all, but uh I loved Wizards Jordan. You know, we were talking about retirements earlier. I you mean know? when you're in a sport, like you can retire way earlier than any other like thing job in the world, probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean also I think the two best jobs in the world are professional golfer and backup catcher. Backup catcher. Backup catcher in baseball. You don't do anything. You sit in the bullpen. No fucking pressure. You collect three hundred grand a year. You go home and fuck your hot Perfect. wife. It's yeah. great. No or one's like, oh, is the boyfriend. Whose fault of we lose? Is like that guy. No, no one's like. <laughs> Nobody cares, yeah. dude. Nobody cares. Yeah, but uh, Jordan played with the Wizards uh, when he was like forty and forty-one, which is so insane. But I and he got so much shit for it. First of all, I love baseball Jordan, who absolutely would have made it to the show, according to Terry Francona. And I love Wizards Jordan, okay? I love Wizards Jordan because it shows the fucking resilience. You know that line about Agassi, the yeah, strength yeah. of the human spirit? Yeah. But the limits of the body? Like, um, I love it because, uh, uh, like, it just showed, like, how strong that motherfucker was. And uh, I actually saw Michael Jordan play one time. And that's when he was on the Washington Wizards. And they came... And they played the Pacers, and we kicked the ever-loving shit out of the Wizards. You know what I mean? Jordan had his worst game to date. You know, maybe in his career, it was eight points, but it's it broke some crazy streak. Like, not since the first Bush administration <laughs> had this guy really? scored single points. You know? But th there was this great moment in the game. He had Al Harrington on the left side of the baseline, 
and he just froze him. He just made a move to the left of him and just went up with that classic Jordan dunk. And I think I died right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think this is some kind of That's purgatory like your, your soul post. Leave your body <laughs> like, post. Bye. Yeah, but he only scored eight points, right? And this speaks to the greatness of Jordan. This is Doug Collins telling you what happened after that game. So he pulled Jordan. Doug Collins pulled Jordan. And, and, you know, he knew Jordan had this record, but he said, we had a game tomorrow, and the most important thing is the game, the game. tomorrow. So you think, wouldn't MJ be pissed about that? Uh, Doug Collins pulling him? This is Doug Collins telling you what happened. He looked at me, and he said, do you think I can still play? And I said, absolutely. That's why I'm here, to be here to help you. He said, he said, you know, to be my coach, you have to believe in me and believe I can still play. And I said, Michael, I believe in you. He said, you did the right thing tonight. You did the right thing tonight. I don't care about the points, but I needed to know that you believe in me. Fast forward, we get on the plane. He has a few cocktails, smokes a couple cigars, all the things you're not supposed to do. Yeah. We get back about 3.30 in the morning in Washington. At 7.30 that morning, he's down in the fitness room with Tim Grover working out like you can't believe. Now, he's 41 years old. We play the New Jersey Nets the next night. And Michael scores the first three times he has the ball. Byron Scott God picks a timeout. Right. And My Michael comes over and he says, I want the ball right there the rest of the game, and don't take me out till I tell you. And so that's, that's fine by me. <laughs> so with two minutes to go in the game, he gives me the sign, like, that's enough. I take him out of the game. He walks over the bench. I said, like, Michael, like, what happened tonight? He said, well, the guy who was guarding me was telling me, told me his back was hurting. Don't ever tell me you got a problem he said I'll, I'll make you pay for that 51 points later 51 points at age 41 he came back the next game with 46 and he 41 years old wow. scores 51 points the next game scores 46 fuck you and your lebron is great bullshit i want to see lebron <laughs> do that fucking shit at 41 lebron is a totally a better dude though <laughs> like a better guy yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean who cares about that you yeah know? jordan's just like a homicidal maniac like you know when that shit happened with trump like uh, with trump and lebron oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I remember that. Yeah. and he's like and trump is like oh lebron is stupid or whatever and, like, MJ's great. You know what I mean? Yeah. MJ put out a statement, and he was just like, I support LeBron James. He's doing an amazing job for his community. Like, what a psychopath. <laughs> like, MJ is so competitive. Yeah. Like, he won't even show up for the community. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, yeah. There's, like, such a subtle, like, fuck you, I'm better than yeah, you, yeah. LeBron, like, within that. Yeah, man. But it was so much fun today. Thanks for being here, dude. No, thank you for having me. Tell them, tell the people where to find you and stuff. Uh, You can find me on my social media. I think it's the only way to find me. Uh, yeah. At Fabrizio Cupano. With a Z, Fabrizio. Fabrizio. Fabrizio Cupano. Fabrizio C-O-P-A-N-O. Uh, and, well, and every social media have the same name, so you don't have to look for me like Fabrizio Comedy or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate that. It should be uniform yeah. across all platforms, especially when they have people on the show or on, you know, stand-up shows. But in Facebook, and you have three I'm different Fabrizio Comedy 1, and in Instagram, I'm Fabrizio, like, slash, slash... Uh, Capano, so annoying. 69. You hear that young comedians have a consistent handle across every, every fucking platform. Media, the same name. That and probably don't do comedy, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and find us, of course, at Fanatics Podcast. Follow me at, at Sean Joshi, S-H-A-A-N Joshi. You guys have been great. We've been getting a really a lot of positive feedback this last two weeks. So I just want to thank the people who have reached out to me and said so. That's been really great. Um, yeah, and we've been doing this fun thing at the end uh, where we do the rest of the story based on the old radio man, Paul Harvey. But I thought since well, I have a great one for you, I was going to play it for you today, but I'm going to hold it until next week.
What I am going to do, though, since we talk so much about, like, endings and retirements, I'm going to play for you uh, the entire Lou Gehrig speech from uh, 1929 or whatever it is when he found out he had Lou Gehrig's disease and he was going to pass away shortly. This is the speech that he gave. All right? Be inspired. Do well. Go out there and help others. Right? That's beautiful, man. That's fucking beautiful. All right. See you guys next week. past two weeks for the past two weeks for the past two weeks you have been reading about the bad break i got yet today i consider myself i consider myself i consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth i've been in the ballparks for 17 years and i've never received anything but kindness and encouragement from you fans when you look around wouldn't you consider it privilege to associate yourself with such a fine-looking man as a standing in uniform in this ballpark today. Look at this grand man. Which of you wouldn't consider it the highlight of his career just to associate with them for even one day? Sure, I'm lucky. Who wouldn't consider it an honor to have known Jacob Rupert? Also, the builder of baseball's greatest empire, Ed Barrow. To have spent six years with that wonderful little fellow, Miller Huggins. Then to have spent the next nine years with that outstanding leader. That smart student of psychology. The best manager in baseball today. The best manager in baseball today. Joe McCarthy. Sure, I'm lucky. When the New York Giants, a team you would give your right arm to beat and vice versa, sends you a gift, that's something. When everybody down to the groundskeepers and those boys in the white coats remember you with trophies. Remember you with trophies? That's something. You have a wonderful mother-in-law who takes sides with you and squabbles with her own daughter, that's something. When you have a father and a mother who work all their lives so you can have an education, so you can have an education and build your body, it's a blessing. When you have a wife who has been a tower of strength, when you have a wife who has been a tower of strength and shown more courage than your dream existed, that's the finest I know. So I close in saying that I might have been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. That I might have been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Thank you.